Hey everybody, it's the Biohacking Blondes here. I'm Molly and here we're here with Alex and we're going to chat with you guys today. We're so excited. This is our second podcast. Um, the first po podcast we did last week and it was really fun. We really enjoyed it, but it was a little long. So we're going to cut this one a little shorter for you. <laughs> um, you know, give us, a, we're going to cap ourselves off at about 30 minutes. So hopefully you guys, um, you know, we won't have to spend too much time listening to our voices, but we hope we enjoy it. We're going to talk a little bit today about what we did this week and then also some mindset stuff. Um, so let's just jump in, Alex, what did you do this week? That was interesting. Whoa. Hi, everyone. Um, well, it was a pretty busy week for me. Um, I think every week is actually pretty busy these days. Um, <laughs> right. Yes. So what did I do this week? Well, uh, I had a really interesting meeting uh, with Wendy Kramer. She's got uh, Kramer Wellness is in Vera Beach is offered 60. She is a amazing woman, cancer survivor, stage four cancer, kind of reversed it herself through different modalities, techniques, detoxification, etc. And I was up in her clinic. She's got the, um, she's got the hookat, she's got uh, colonic, she's got um, uh, hydrogen, she's got, I mean, all sorts of amazing, amazing things. Um, so I saw her and she she actually carries Scandi Labs, my product. So she needed more. So that was great. And then we're checking in and I'm going to, she has IV drips as well. I'm And I'm going, and the PEMF, um, Centropics that I'm actually heading to Orlando to look at tomorrow, which I'm very excited about. Um, it's the newest kind of PEMF, which is a cell activator as well. So um, yeah, very excited about that one. Um, but anyway, she's got it already and she loves it. She's got the Beamer and that, but she likes that one better. But um, so that was cool. Uh, I did that. And then um, can you I, tell people a little bit about what a PEMF -E is? Is it a mat? Yeah. Yeah, so it's a mat, and this one, the one I'm looking at to bring in to, uh, to the place I'll be at is, um, it's called Centropics, and uh, it basically you lay on it, and it's pulsed electro electromagnetic frequencies. Mm -hmm. So it goes in, and really what it does is it makes the, the oxygen in your body um uh, it makes the blood flow a lot faster so it it creates more oxygen and it makes the blood go go uh, around your body uh more efficiently and mm -hmm. faster basically so it's quite interesting and um yeah very interesting i'll, I'll tell you more about it next week but cool. pretty pumped about that so that was sad. And then uh, what else? I went yesterday. It was wonderful. I was down in West Palm Beach at Outlive Labs. Uh, wonderful. Our friend Debs that we met at the last biohacking conference in Orlando in May. She's become a friend of ours, Molly and myself. And I was down at our event that she threw yesterday. And we were basically... She was screening um, Tony Robbins on her screen and we were watching it and uh, she calls it a time to rise summit. So it's today and for another two days. If you guys have time, you should go down because it's fabulous. And her whole setup is fabulous. She's got, you know, she's got the cold plunge and she's got the infrared sauna. She's got the bio-optimizer. No, not the bio-optimizer, the biocharger. Biocharger, yeah. Which is a Tesla coil um, with uh, different earth kind of frequencies. And um, yeah, it's it's amazing. 
And I was there and I did a cold plunge and this time I did four minutes and I'm pretty proud of myself for doing that. So that, yeah, that was really cool. For people who don't know, that's means she was in freezing cold water for four minutes straight (laughs) and was able to just breathe her way through it. And it's very powerful right? It's extremely powerful. Yes. It's so powerful because if you can apply what you feel and learn and tell yourself in that moment, you basically just have to surrender, right? And trust yourself, trust your breathing and you just got to go with it. And if you can apply that when you feel stressed, anxious, when you're in a difficult situation, that is very, very powerful. So the cold can teach us a lot and really the, the 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 teacher and the master of this is Wim Hof. He started it. The Dutch guy, if you haven't looked at him already, I tell everyone I meet every day to check him out because he has changed so many people's lives. His wife uh, committed suicide and then um, he decided to, uh, he was in deep depression and he started looking at the cold and, uh, you know, going into the cold. And then, you know, he coupled that with the breathing techniques because the breathing is the key to, to actually be able to do it. So, yeah. Anyways, that's, that's the end of me. Um, and then tonight we are heading down to Mar-a-Lago. So that's exciting for a disco party. <laughs> that sounds, that sounds really fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Um, so that, that was my week. What about you, Molly? Sure. Yeah. So, so this week I, you know, I see clients per usual, but I also was on the phone quite a bit with a rep from Fagrin. Um, they're a genetics company and I've been reading. So I, I don't know if anybody's heard of Dr. Ben Lynch, but he's like this kind of incredible uh, doctor who has a supplement company, but he also um, writes books on histamine and genetics. And he wrote a new book called Dirty Genes, a breakthrough program to treat the root cause of illness and optimize your health. Um, it's a great book, really interesting. And I'm considering adding a genetics test to my protocols for all of my clients um, because it is kind of a nice baseline to see, you know, kind of where people might be naturally deficient in certain vitamins. Um, and where they might, you know, kind of be able to learn a little bit more about who they are as a person, like see if they have an MTHFR gene, you know, all of these things. And what I've done in the past is I can take someone's 23andMe data or any other genetic tests that they have. And I'm a practitioner with pure genomics with, uh, pure encapsulations. So I can upload raw data from any DNA kit into the pure genomics, um, portal, and it creates a whole, list of um, uh, a protocol basically for a person based on their genetics. Like you are naturally deficient in vitamin A or you are naturally deficient in Incredible. You know, in, in whatever it is. So it really is quite eye-opening and it kind of can explain a lot of things about you that maybe a doctor couldn't quite pinpoint, you know, <laughs> things that you're like, oh, I like didn't realize I was always low in this vitamin or that that's why I feel this way about this, or that's why I can't, you know, meta- that's why I get sick when I have B vitamins, right? If you have an MTHFR gene, um, or if you're, uh, sensitive to folic acid, those kinds of things. So this Fagrom company, they're really cool. They do a DNA sample collection kit. They do a full, full, full spectrum, uh, DNA kit for three, $379, which actually is great. Cause it's like a one-time fee. You never have to test yourself again. Like genetics are kind of set in stone. It's like a swab kit. They don't sell their information like 23 and me. Right. So that's a positive there. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Um, I know there's some people who don't like 23andMe because they, um, with Ancestry, they kind of do this thing where they sell uh, the data to other kind of companies and things like that, which is, you know, just a little bit like. Mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah. So I wanted to find a, a company that was doing something, you know, that was doing sort of a similar thing, but with a little bit more finesse around it. So they have this kit. It's called a Pro 7 DNA, DNA sample collection kit. They sent me two kits. Um, so I'm going to do my own and then start adding it to my protocols. And um, I think it's going to really help clients to kind of uh, see where they could be using um, their genetics to help them with their with their health. So wonderful, wonderful. I love that. Have you, can I just uh, ask something? Uh, I was also on a call with two biohackers from one from our West uh, in California and then one that is in Turkey. And they say they were talking about a test called glucinage, uh, glycinage, maybe G L Y C A N A G E. Okay. And I just wonder, have you heard about that? Cause they thought that that was pretty revolutionary. Glycinase. It sounds like they're looking at glucose. If they're, if it's a test like that, that's interesting. No, I've not heard of that one. Okay. There's a ton of companies. I mean, I know like when we go to the biohacking conferences, the DNA company is another good one. Um, it's hard to find them at a reasonable price point. I think that's actually why 23andMe was so successful because they're able to like sell it at a 200 price point, <laughs> which is, right. which is like, uh, good because all the other ones are like in the three hundreds. And I think the DNA company, they're at like four fifty or something, a test. So, right. you know, they, uh, they're not cheap. So, you know, you got to kind of keep that in mind, but at least you only have to do it once. That's what's so great about genetics. It's like, they don't really change. So, <laughs> um, we're not talking about epigenetics, just pure on genetics. Um, so that, so it is just like a swab in your throat. Um, but that's right. interesting. That they, did they say anything more about what that one was about? Yeah. So it's actually the only biological age test that can accurately measure your unique response to life changes. Ooh. Discover your biological age. Um, yeah, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, we got to look deeper into that. They Why I mention this, because those two women thought that that was like the coolest thing, actually. And that was from A4M that they found. Oh, cool. So, yeah. So and they, what can they get from that when they find out their biological age? Do they, does it give them recommendations? Yeah. So I, let me see, I have to dig a little bit deeper in it, but the one girl who is, she's 45 and she was actually, so she's always been told that she is, you know, younger than her age. And I mean, she looks great and everything. She's very glam. Um, she, um, she actually, they said this test showed her that it, she was 11 years older than her biological age. Wow. And then it actually says here, I'm looking quickly, start your wellness journey. So they obviously have, you know, what you get, how you can change it, I guess. Yeah. You know, to slow down aging. Only measure your current biological age. Yeah, I mean, we should look deeper into that to see what yeah, it is. Yeah, that would be a fun one. That would be a fun one for both of us to do, and then we can report on it. <laughs> yes, that's great. Exactly. Only a good result, yeah. right? <laughs> Yeah, um, I think, yeah, I think those are great. I think the tricky part with that is like, what, what, what is the follow-up, right? Like, what is someone to glean from that? Um, yep. So what I like about, you know, this Fagram test too, is it's a little different also than the 23andMe because 23andMe doesn't really tell you how to like make lifestyle ch changes based on genetics. They kind of are just like, 
you don't like asparagus because you have this gene, you know, (laughs) it's very kind of basic stuff. That's like, not really that like informative about what you need to know in your life. So, um, but this vagrant one was kind of cool. So I'm, I'm very excited to do that. I'm going to do one on myself and, and see how I'm so excited report back how that goes. Ah, yeah, definitely. So that would be a fun podcast to do too. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Yes. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of my week, which is a typical week for the most part. Um, but we, we wanted to also like get into the podcast today and really talk a little bit about mindset. Um, Alex and I went to a conference last week. It was, it's a leadership mastermind and it was led by, uh, Dr. Josh Axe, who is like kind of a renowned, uh, doctor in the holistic field. He's a chiropractor, but more, even more than that, he is like this like incredible uh, businessman and he has like, you know, a hundred million dollar supplement company called Ancient Nutrition. He, I think he worked at Garden of Life too. Um, and then he also has like a, a, a media company, which I we just found out also. So anyway, so he's running this amazing mastermind for other health practitioners. So Alex and I went, it was at the Ben Hotel in West Palm Beach Um, and we had a fun time and we, you know, we learned a lot and we, we, there are a lot of things that we took away like from a business perspective, but also just from in general, um, uh, how to look at the world and how to keep a positive mindset and which we thought that you guys would find really interesting. So, uh, so yeah. So what did you think, Alex? Tell me what some of your takeaways were. Yeah, I'm always interested in mindset. That's something that I really, yeah, I'm really, I want to get more and more honed in on and teach people. And it will be part of my kind of protocol that I'm currently writing for um, kind of my biohacking lab. Um, But I'm very interested in mindset because you can do, you can take all the supplements, you can do all the right things in sense of, you know, you're exercising every day, you're going to bed every day, you know, nine o'clock, you're taking so many supplements, but you still don't feel great. Right. So there, mindset is such a critical, important role. And um, how can we shift that mindset? How can we get out of kind of a rut of being you know maybe not in a good mindset or how can we at least start recognizing it and then when you know kind of where you shouldn't be uh, and where you want to go to or how you want to feel let's start on a journey kind of to 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 change the bad patterns let's say right so um i liked what they said for example Every day, write down one success that you had during the day, any success. And success can mean many, many things, right? A success you had with, you know, you got your daughter to eat, you know, the the, the broccoli that she didn't eat the day right. before. Or, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it can be so many things. And uh, success is different for everyone. So I thought that was a good one. Um, I always talk about what is your why? And everyone out there, if you haven't seen the TED Talk from Simon Sinek, Sinek um, start with a start with a why, how great leaders inspire change. You need to see it. And you don't have to be a business person or a, you know, uh, entrepreneur to watch that. Everyone should watch that because you got to know your why. Because if you know your why, you can then, you know your purpose, why you're here, why you're doing what you're doing. And that will actually make you get out of bed every day, or, um, it will make you, it will, it will give you that drive. Yeah. 
So yeah. I think that's really, really important. Um, also, what we focus on is really what we see. So an example, if you watch, you know, let's say the news every day, right? And you see all this negativity, you're also going to be focusing on that negative negativity and you're going to live in that negative space. So kind of don't focus on that. Uh, focus on positive things and uh, also surround yourself with positive people. It's really important. Um, um, and then the other thing, you are a hero in your own journey, in your own story. That's a good one. I like that a lot. And the other thing I like is that we also learned is that uh, or reflected on is luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. Mm. I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the, one more thing I wanted to mention here uh, is anxiety. So anxiety, it's uh, in Greek means to separate and divide. Ooh, okay. That was a good one. Yeah. That's a really good one. I I, uh, I like that one about, uh, a lot. So yeah. Um, yeah. What about you, Molly? What is your a couple of takeaways? Yeah. Um, well, I think for sure. And I try to do this with clients too, and I'm going to focus more on it in the future too, but focusing on mindset first before, you know, before kind of anything else when it comes to your health, right? Because yes. you really have to be in a certain state of mind to even follow a protocol or to like, or to like order testing or, you know, this and that. And you have to kind of um, what I found with some clients is you do all these, all these tests, you do the supplements, you get their diet, right. And then there's still this sort of like underlying issue. Right. And for me, I think that in most cases, that's always some sort of limiting belief that that person has about themselves. Right. So you can kind of hear it in the way they talk and you can kind of hear it and what's happening in their life. And then you kind of like hone in on it. Like, what is that? one last little thing that <laughs> from a mindset perspective perspective changes your health outcome. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um you know, there's this book called Cured and maybe we talked about it in the last podcast, but one of it, it's a book, it's a book about spontaneous remissions um with cancer. It's called uh Cured and yes. by Jeffrey Rediger. He's a medical doctor. Um who studied all these spontaneous remissions from cancer because he was saying, you know, people would go into the doctor's offices and they'd be better from their cancer and without any treatment. And they'd be like, well, like, oh, that's great. Now just send them home instead of studying them <laughs> and being like, well, what did that person do in their life to to get all of a sudden spontaneously get better and ha no, have don't have cancer anymore, right? So- um, but one of the biggest, and so he studied all these cases and the people who got better, he said, the first thing that they did was they changed their mindset. Like they changed something in their lives where they radically changed the way they felt about themselves, or they radically changed their life in some way. They, you know, um, got out of a bad relationship or they started, Ooh. yeah, yeah. They started like a new career or they just all of a sudden found their purpose. Like that's kind of that sort of healed them more even so than the, than any kind of, you know, radiation or oncology treatment or, <laughs> or, or, or diet. And, you know, um, so, so that was really interesting. That's always like rung true with me. Like, mm -hmm. like you really have to, um, you know, change this thought about yourself. And a lot of times though, it's not, you know, hanging around with positive people is awesome. Um, but I think some people, 
sometimes people get in a rut where they can't quite find the right way. And for some of those people, I think, you know, EMDR therapy can be really helpful for mindset shifting because it focuses in on your limiting belief and you kind of like work with a therapist and they tell you about your limiting belief. And then you do this EMDR therapy, which is, um, uh, uh, an uh, rapid eye movement therapy that helps you reconcile your emotions. And if you, it's kind of a famous therapy for PTSD and for veterans. Um, but basically we're all traumatized. So basically anyone would, could benefit from, <laughs> from it right, right. to some degree. Right. Um, uh, you know, but like, it's just, uh, it's just an interesting, uh, thing to do with, um, getting that mindset straight. And then all of a sudden you start to see the benefits in your health and how things are going. So in the, in the talk too, like, uh, this weekend, there was one guy who got up, I think he was another chiropractor. He got up and he talked about how his, um, especially being recognizing when the people you're around aren't right for you and making that shift quickly and, um, how that affects your mindset too. So like, even if you had, you hired someone and you don't really, you like them at first and you paid them and everything, but then all of a sudden you notice like, oh, they're, they have like a negative mindset or they're not, they only care about money and they, or they don't, you know, they're not caring about people's health as much as they care about the money side of things or whatever. And you kind of have to like recognize that early on. And that's where it takes kind of like that emotional intelligence to like move forward in your life, to be able to kind of get rid of the naysayers and, you know, find the high, find all the people who are going to inspire you. Cause that's what he said. If you're stuck, stuck with these naysayers and you don't get out fast enough, then you're not, you, you miss your opportunity to meet the people with the high level ideas. Right. right. So that was really brilliant. Cause it was like, not only are you being held down by the negativity, but you're like, missing out on you're the, missing on out. Yeah. That. Which is even worse. Cause that like hits at a FOMO level, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We all understand what FOMO is. And then it's like, oh my gosh, we're missing out on right. all these amazing people because we're stuck with these other people in our lives who are kind of bringing us down. So anyway, so I thought it was a great conference. I learned a lot. What did you think? Oh, I, I thought it was wonderful. Like, I think it's always good. Like a lot of these things, you know, already, but you're being reminded. And sometimes it takes a couple of reminders or someone saying it in a different way to really like, wow, I'm going to start implementing that. Yeah. So, you know, I remember when my husband started the Wim Hof breathing, I was told by a, a father on the soccer pitch. He is, have I told you this before, by the way? I don't think so. No, I was told by a dad, uh, we lived in London at the time. He's like, you got to check out this guy, Wim Hof. And I went home to, to tell my husband. The next day, my husband started Wim Hof breathing technique. He's done it. He does, has not missed one single day in nine years, right? So even when we travel, I mean, he does it. Even if we get up at like four in the morning, he would do it like, you know, in the airport or something like that. But Long story short, I will be watching my husband for about three years sitting in our flat in London doing this Wim Hof breathing every morning, like, yeah. like this. And I'd be sitting there drinking my coffee, watching him. So my friends were like, hey, why are you watching him? Why aren't you doing it? I'm like, well, you know, like one day I'm going to start, right? And <laughs> one I kept on saying that for three years. And it <laughs> took me this one incident we had at the boys' school. There was a woman speaking she was uh, talking to the parents and she'd had a horrible, horrible upbringing. She was sold. She was 
basically sold by her mother for, you know, for drugs and she was sex trafficked. And at one incident, she almost, she almost died. Right. And she brought herself back. Um, and basically, uh, you know, she was, she was, she was in an orphanage and then, but growing up to, she lives now, she's 50 years old, lives a normal life. She's got her own children. And how did she do this? Well, she credited two things. One was uh, breathing techniques. It wasn't specific Wim Hof, but it was breathing techniques. And the other one was a tapping technique. So I said to myself at that moment, that was a changing moment for me where I looked at this woman. I'm like, you have gone through that much, that much horrible things and you've changed your life and you're actually living a normal loving life as normal as you can right but um and i said you know what damn it alexandra you are going to start this now so the next day i started that was my kind of kickoff to to this whole like wim hof but again i'm telling the story because it can apply to so many different things so like, what is it? At what moment do you get kind of triggered to start a new habit or a new something that you've heard maybe many times about, right? right. Who kicks you off? And it can be the right moment, but it can also be the right person. So that's why I thought it was interesting. Um, the other thing that I think is really good to remember, and this is actually um, when you're talking about mental health, I think small little changes every single day and make something like a breathing technique, like a journaling, like a meditation, if you do it every single day, then it actually becomes, um, it becomes a habit, right? So it becomes something you do every day. So, you know, repetitive, repetitive. And after a couple of months, it becomes then a habit and then it becomes part of you. Then you cannot not do it. Mm -hmm. so, so just small little steps can make big, big changes. Yeah. And it, and it can take time to get, you know, in yes. a rhythm, but like over time, you're like, you know, you'll be so proud of yourself when you kind of achieve that, where you're doing something regularly. And especially in the morning, it's so good to start the day off that way. Cause it kind of, you know, hits it, the tone, right. Sets the tone for the rest of the day, just a small, you know, uh, breathing technique, even a four, seven, eight breath or, you know, and we can probably link to some of this stuff after the show too. Um, yes. So that people can see, you know, go visit Wim Hof's website and do maybe just do one of his protocols really quick. Um, but it's yeah. very um, invigorating for some people. It can be exhausting for other people, but it's kind of your path and getting all that air into getting all that oxygen feeds your cells and actually has a strong physiological effect, not only on like your mind and anxiety, but on like healing, right. And all of those things that keeps you kind of young. Um you know, speaking of longevity and, bi and biological age, right. It's going to keep you going. Like even on my, even on a blood chemistry test, I look at your, um, your CO2 levels, you know? So, so that's important. And whenever I see that that's really low, I'm like, oh, okay. So this person is breathing really quickly throughout the day. Maybe they're even in a state of hyperventilation and they don't even know it, you right. know? So, which every time I say the word hyperventilation, I take a deep breath because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm talking and I'm not breathing. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, and actually, and actually, Molly, that's interesting because didn't my husband have really? So my husband did the testing with Molly, and he, by the way, I mean, he was blown away by how good and how thorough Molly is with her testing and her follow up and the protocol. She is incredible. So um, didn't so just to say that Molly um, and that. and 
Yeah, no, of course. But it wasn't it wasn't his CO2 really high? No, his no, uh no, yes, his was good. His was perfect, actually. Which oh, not high. Point. Sorry, not high. That's not what good. I meant. Yes, it was yes. in a good range, right? Exactly, which I rarely see. So that right. was, that was impressive. Right. I was like, which you rarely see, right? Which oh, you rarely right. see. Yeah, right. nobody's breathing anymore. Like everybody, everybody's <laughs> like, you know, in right. a constant state of like kind of panic, right? Which is like that hyperventilation state where you're constantly busy and you never rest, right? That's where that's when you get into these stages, and that's when anxiety can can pop up. That's when you know, health issues can pop up. Um, and it's all kind of connected to the breath really at the end of the day. Um, so there's, there's a lot, there's definitely a lot to breathing. It's more than just, um, you know, this superficial thing. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) there's a lot, there's a lot of physiological processes that are, that are happening, uh, when you're doing that and just like making you feel better from an anxiety standpoint, making your health better, your, your blood cells get oxygen and your blood cells are what heal wounds, heal, um, you know, tears in the skin and like all these different things. So, so it's critical. Um, yes. and it's like, it's definitely, you know, worth doing. So I hope that everybody like, we'll, we'll link to it after the show and you guys can try some breathing techniques. I, I typically do a four, seven, eight breath, but I'm now, Alex talks about Wim Hof so much. I've got to start doing that one too. I think it will be beneficial for you actually, Molly. I think Wim Hof will be really beneficial for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I did it one time. Uh, well, we've done it before in our, in our classes together, but I did it once on my own too, and felt really relaxed afterward. You almost feel like tingly, like you're, um, you can feel the blood kind of moving in your body. So it's really interesting. Uh, I, I think it wakes you up. I think it really, because you get all that oxygen in, I mean, it's, uh, I think it's just incredible. Actually, uh, the whole yesterday when we were watching, um, Tony Robbins, I mean, he talks about what was really, really interesting. And I've never really watched him. Have you watched him, Molly, his stuff? Uh, not really. I've, I've heard, I've like heard him on podcasts before, but he's all about mindset. So he all about mindset. And you know, the first thing he said, he said, it's all about energy. It's all about energy. And that was something that concept I honed in on like a year ago with Colin, we were going to do energy IQ and, um, it's about energy. Everything is about energy because guess what? If you don't have energy, you cannot do what you really want to be doing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you right, and and again, I have been there. I have been there. Sixteen years ago, I had no energy. I was sick, depleted. I had zero energy, and um, there are things to do to get the energy back. And I think that's really important too. Like what can you implement to get the energy, right? And again, these are not, it doesn't happen overnight. These are small little things that, you know, moving towards that, I guess. Well, energy, I feel like at this point is such a commodity. It's like, it's like, you know, everybody's looking for it. And I think when, you know, when you become like a parent, and you have all these other kind of responsibilities that kind of like sort of weigh you down in a way. I mean, children are lovely, but they're also, you know, their work. So, <laughs> so it can kind of drain you a bit. Um, so I think especially for people in their thirties with kids, um, you know, you look at energy a whole lot 
you know, differently than you did when you were in your twenties and you kind of just had unlimited, like, you know, <laughs> and mm-hmm. you could do whatever you wanted to your body. You could drink all the time. You could do all this stuff and, and you just wake up like, you know, nothing happened. And <laughs> so that's right. Yes. Yeah, it gets, it changes as you get older because you're kind of losing some of that cortisol. Um, you're like, I'll, I'll, what we call an FDN, we call it your vital reserve. Um, you kind of like used up a lot of that. And then you sort of get into a place where like, especially for women, when you get in your late thirties, your hormones start to shift into perimenopause and then perimenopause kind of lasts for a while. And it really changes your energy output. Um, so something as simple as breathing to add to your daily routine can make such a huge difference in terms of how much energy you have going. Um, but Molly, I have more energy now at 47 than I did when I was 30. So I'm yeah. saying there is hope for everyone. True. You know what I mean? Very true. There's, yeah. there's yeah. hope for everyone. But listen, I work on it hard every single day. I, I do stuff to, to, and a lot of the stuff is mindset as well. It's a lot of mindset in there. We're talking grounding, breathing, exercising, eating the right things, staying hydrated. I mean, there it's not like, it's not just snapping a finger and like, you got to work on it. Yep. Yep. It's kind of daily practices for sure. Daily practices. And maybe we can talk more about those. Uh, the other thing, Molly, maybe we should touch on in our na- next episode, because we don't have time now, but that I spoke to Deb about yesterday in the infrared sauna, we were, we were pondering over a lot of different things, but one of them was this whole thing that you and I have been talking about is how can we make drinking and okay. So not drinking and not taking drugs. I think that's super cool, right? How can we make that cool to be sober, basically, uh, and the same transfer it over to our teenagers? Because it's such a society here in America, especially where it's like, oh, you got to drink and do this and do this to be cool, right? How can we make it cool? And how can we make people feel great? Like you don't need that. You're high on life, right? Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, those are, you know, drinking is a form of... uh, it's, it's, it's a drug too. Right. So it's a form of sort of bringing you down from an overstimulated society, you know, like we're all constantly stimulated and people need a way to relax. And that seems, you know, that's the only way that they can kind of get it done. Um, but what alcohol is doing is it's numbing part of your brain basically, and (laughs) it's a poison. So, um, and you know, when people, people don't realize this, but when you black out from drinking, it's because, and you don't remember anything, it's because your brain is so heavily poisoned that it's being, um, that it shuts down the the first part of your brain that's for memory. Um, and in order, you know, that's what blacking out is. And people say it like it's nothing like, oh, I blacked out last night or whatever. And right. you're just like, you're like, like it's like, oh. or like, like nothing, right? Right. Like it's, it's nothing. And it's like, well, actually you uh, just poisoned your brain to the point that it was shutting off your oh, memory. Man. It's just terrifying. Uh, but you know, because it's so prevalent in society and so normalized, we don't really think of it, um, as being bad, but like, you know, I, I shared and I, and you saw this too. I shared on Instagram, a reel of this guy who's like, I don't drink, I don't smoke. And I love that. he runs love every that. day and he's been running for like five straight years straight every morning of his life. I mean, granted he's 23, he doesn't have kids. <laughs> Right, right, right. I mean, listen, I'm not saying we can, we should all aspire to be him, but I think like, you know, like I looked in the comments and I was like, wow, he's so inspiring. And in the comments, there was so much negativity about drinking and alcohol and all of this stuff. And I just thought to myself, like, 
Like if I were looking at someone's party photos on Instagram, I'm not going to write on the wall like, well, you shouldn't be partying and, you know, this is bad for your health. Like I would never say that. I would just be like, that's them living their life. But when other people see uh, someone posting about not drinking, then they like attack them because it's a trigger, you know, for people where they don't want to kind of look in the mirror and be like, oh, like I'm using this drug to like kind of hide from my life a little bit. Yeah, numb yourself, numb yourself for what yeah. you don't want to feel, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Which I, I, I feel, I feel for these people because I don't, you know, I don't want to feel a lot of stuff either. <laughs> There's a lot going on, right? Like, uh, you know, you're stressed, you got kids stuff, you got parents. Yeah, but that's mindset again. That's mindset. Right. Because, and you learn that in the cold a lot. You just got to accept because yeah. nothing is constant ever. Everything changes. We're always changing. everything changes and so does how we feel it will not be constant yeah well what's also interesting about alcohol is like it's not just a oh i did that yesterday my body's over it now i'm moving on like it takes years um you can be drinking like let's say you drink every weekend for years at a time you're gonna really start to destroy your liver and destroy different parts of your body because of this poison um and it and it's interesting because it's like like I, I I was on a phone call with an insurance company getting a new insurance and they were asking me about what like like all my drinking habits when I was in college, you know, and I'm like, I'm 40, like <laughs> right, right. a long time ago. Like I'm like, okay, that was like 20 years ago, and I don't even remember. But like the insurance companies know what's happening. They know how detrimental alcohol can be to your um, for for your future health, like when you get older. So that's why they ask those questions. They're not asking them because they think it's fun. Like they're asking them because they want to know, should I cover this person or not based on what their alcohol history is? So that that's pretty telling. Um, yeah, like, it's like, okay, well, they're on top. Believe me, the insurance companies are on top of all this stuff, even though. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because they don't want to pay for you. They don't want to pay. Right. Right. Exactly. So, so that's yeah. really interesting, uh, an interesting look at alcohol, but you know, it's part of our culture. So it's like, how do we make it cool? We got to, you and I right. got to think of some way we got to make it like, um, well, there's like these sober communities that, um, or, or the drinking, um, you know, there's like non-alcoholic beverages now that are yeah. kind of becoming more popular. Um, yeah, good start. It's a great start. Yeah. And, and like, and like Deb is doing her whole Outlive Labs. It's like she's got like some sober evenings for people coming and like dancing and biohacking and ah, that's you know, great. Hanging out. it's about community, you know, it's about creating that community and, uh, you know, having fun without. Yeah. And, and I'm saying, they, I mean, I'm not I'm not a teetotal Molly, but I'm just saying it's like, you know, the the every single night for a lot of people, it's like. How do we find something to replace that? How do we find that? What you feel when you take that first sip of wine? What? How? How are we replacing that? How? How can we? How can we do that in another way? Right, right. And, and I mean, Dr. Amen, who I love. I mean, he's done so many studies on brains. I mean, like thousands. The one that's done the most studies on brains. That like, you know, even like the one glass of wine is like. It's not that great. I mean, he's against alcohol, period. 
yeah. you know that movie, right? Oh yeah. oh yeah. He's he, well, yeah. I mean, especially for a, a psychiatrist <laughs> because, yes. because, you know, you know, when you're, when you're dealing with people with anxiety or depression or other mental health issues, you throw alcohol on that and boof, you've got a fire. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's definitely, you know, I think for the average person, like doing it is one thing every once in a while, but like, if you have a mental health problem, you should not be drinking. Like, but of course, they're the more likely to drink because of course, they're exactly what they're facing, you know, so and it's really the only option our society gives them. But like these breathing techniques that we're talking about, that's great. That's an, like another solution for feeling good, that feel good, you know, thing, you know, um, I don't know, for you and me, we go for a run and that makes us feel really good, right? Um yes. And that gets your endorphins going. So there are lots of different ways, but also being in community, period, like, like the sacred space in Miami, they have these like dance nights where they do, it's like a cacao ceremony with a dance party and it's all sober, but you drink cacao, which has like a little bit of caffeine in it. Right. So, so it kind of like gets you like a little bit energized. Um, and then you like have a big dance party, which is kind of, which is super fun. And, you know, you don't need alcohol to enjoy yourself. Um, or at least Absolutely. people don't realize they don't need it, but. <laughs> okay. Molly, should we close yeah, that? We, yeah. we always go over. We love talking. We can continue for another hour, but we're chewing people's ears off, right? I know, I know, but this was great. So um, yeah, so we'll link to a couple of things in the episode um, on the breathing techniques and uh, tune in next week. We're going to be talking about all sorts of fun health stuff. Yes. Love it. So much fun, Molly. Yes. All right. Bye guys. We'll see you next Have week. Have a great weekend. Bye. Bye. Bye.